When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We haven't done this, but we've had serious conversations about starting an OnlyFans page. Hello and welcome back to season two of Test Tube Baby. If you're new to the podcast, I feel like I've started every episode this season by going Test Tube Baby and it just can't be a thing. Just so excited to be back. I am too. I'm just just really enthusiastic and so hyped. Um, Test Tube Baby. There we go. A little bit of a better pronunciation there. If you're new to the podcast, I've said this last time, you are probably lost and you really should go back to season one. But I admire your conviction with starting at season two and you're welcome to stick around. Uh, if you are an original Test You Baby listener, though, thank you so much for sticking with us. I've said it before. I will say it again. Your patience deserves a medal, but we are indeed back. My name is Miranda Burns, and over there, with pruny toes and fingers, is Tristan Hall. Context, I've been sat in the bath for 40 minutes. No, no, he was just born with prunes on his feet. Yeah, that's true. It's a it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> Why is it a blessing? Because you get a little tasty snack every now and then. I can't eat my own feet, you fool. <laughs> Maybe that's someone's kink. It's definitely oh. something. Knowing what people do with their feet on the internet, then, you know, you know that, you know. We haven't done this, but we've had serious conversations about starting an OnlyFans page. But the problem is that Let's, I have no, really no, no, ugly right, no, con- feet. Context oh, for that, feet that, pictures. That sounds like we're, we're going to be... <laughs> no, we're not selling ourselves. and But no shade if that's what you want to do. That's so no, fine. No, All no, power no, of to course you. not. But, but, but that's, no, we're not doing that. That's not what a capital presenter is going to be doing, is no, it? No, what I meant was we'd jokingly i maybe i said it with a little bit too much oomph. we're not actually going to do it but i was like is it that hard to sell pictures of your feet however these are the two issues firstly i feel like a lot of people have had that thought and i bet there are closeted only fans people out there i bet we all know one who are selling pictures of their feet and i think the market's oversaturated issue number two is that i have got really ugly feet and for the first two months of our relationship i didn't show tristan them because oh my god yeah do you remember that was a thing you wouldn't go near me with your feet you I wore would, socks everywhere yeah even during hanker bank yeah yeah i know i did i wore socks all the time and sometimes you'd be like miranda please they're not that bad and i'm like no just and i hate my feet they aren't that bad but i just think i have quite manly feet like i'm lucky i have quite lady you know like dainty hands we're the opposite i've got lady hands and you've got manly feet together if we mashed ourselves up, we'd probably make quite a good man and woman. We could be a, a hand of football. Do you know what I would say, though? Your feet, were they not as hairy as they are? Because there's another bit of information. Tristan has really hairy feet, like hobbit feet. But were they not hairy? I think you've got really attractive feet. I think so, too. I've shaved mm. my foot once, and I thought, my God. Why did you shave you know, your I was foot? Into foot? Because of, for that very reason, I was like, well, I think basically a lot of people... <laughs> you were checking out your feet. No, but people, people give me stick for my hairy feet. And for those of you listening who will be like, how bad can it be? It's bad. They're really hairy. Like, I don't. I don't know anyone who has that amount. Like maybe a little tuft towards the top of the mid, like the but foot, it's and maybe your toes. I wouldn't describe you as a hairy person. Like you don't no, have a I'm hairy not. back. So where did the feet hair come from? Well, this is. I had to when I, you know, I spoke to my wax lady the first time I went for a gentleman's wax, <laughs> and she was like, "How hairy are you?" And I was like, "Averagely so." Like obviously, I see I see naked men. I work in sport. <laughs> like I'm playing rugby. You know, it, it's, you see naked men, right? Hubba, hubba. I'm not like a hairy man, but I'm not like a naked mole rat either no. like i'm averagely hairy right all over feet wise i know no, not even the hairiest of back hairy men has the feet like me the feet <laughs> the feet, the feet, like, the feet me. like me 
No one does. And it's it's actually quite impressive. So yeah, like I said, I've got a lot of stick for it. And so I was like, fuck it, I'll shave my foot. And <laughs> one of them I shaved and it actually looked the business. I think your feet are, again, they're quite dainty. They're Have really we attractive. my feet. We thought about waxing my feet. Maybe we did. Because you used to wax... I say we used to. I always wax your legs for you. Oh, yeah. You come to Tristan's beauty therapy salon. and Parlour. And you do my underarms. Yeah. Yeah. No. He's actually quite good at it. Apart from that one time you waxed my vag during... Well, my vulva. During... 2020 and you made it bleed because you put the wax strip too close to the really delicate skin and then you took a layer off hey i must have missed that class when i was doing my b-tech okay <laughs> like I, did, I wasn't there on that day i did the legs i did the armpits can't do your eyebrows either no or your vag i know i do my tash so <laughs> wherever you are we hope you're having the best day and fingers crossed we just made it a little bit brighter in test you baby we started off by chatting through all things ivf and our pregnancy but life has changed quite a lot since then so get ready for a whole lot of other kinds of content parenthood relationships babies waxing wax stories and eventually another go at ivf and seems as we're back we do need to spread the word so please 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 share tag us in your instagram stories i've had more messages again this week i've actually had messages of people who are starting test you baby for the first time well actually i went back through our analytics because that's my job as our producer yes. and i looked at where our listening numbers were and we've had a massive spike of people going back and listening to episode one no i wonder why. because you you like jumped up instagram followers didn't you so there'll be people <laughs> following you who well, you know, you, you I, basically I accidentally went viral. I have this habit. Oh, this sounds so big. I really do not mean this in an arrogant way at all. I have about four or five videos that accidentally went really big on Instagram and got kind of. I would say uh, what I think is big is about five million plus views. Yeah, you you think that's quite big? The 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 my boyfriend growing up one. My what bigger than that? Um, what was that on the? My boyfriend said, I wish we got together sooner. Oh, yeah. That Shall we have a look what time. that got? Hang on one second. Everybody. While you're looking, I'll explain. So I think your new followers who have come to your account since you jumped up, a lot of them were like, oh, just got a podcast. And they've now <laughs> gone back and either listened to one of these and gone, God, that's a bloody good podcast. Or gone, God, were they always this bad? And then gone back to episode one and, and have, have started at the beginning. Yeah. It's interesting seeing what episodes have done really well as well. Like some of them have really, two week wait, I think is a big one because anyone doing IVF knows that as a big thing. So they're like, ooh, I'll listen to that this week because I'm during the two week wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's really lovely actually to be, like it's a privilege, isn't it? To share in a part of someone's experience like that. And for like people message me and they'll be like, oh, like I found the things that you said really helpful or I found them like really encouraging. And I'm just like, oh, that's so, I want to give you a hug through the podcast. Well, I found the reels. So my, my biggest one was 8.9 million and that was the, I don't look pregnant until I turn around, check. And people I, were like, you don't look pregnant. Yeah, but this is the thing. This is what I mean. This is how you accidentally go, I, I'm using the term viral really loosely, but for want of a better word, on Instagram, put something up that people get angry about in the comments. So anyway, this all stems from the fact that my most recent one that's accidentally gone viral is on 1.8 million. <laughs> but that's, it's actually, it's a really, really sweet bit of audio. I didn't think I was doing any harm. And it's, they say if your baby is born by, with a stalk bite, uh, they were kissed by an angel before they were born. So I was just like, that's really beautiful. I was like, you know, Amberly kissed Penny. Penny's got a stalk bite. That's just lovely. And I just thought it was a really cute bit of audio. Anyway, the reason why it's gone up in views is because um, apparently it's the sign of a mutilation in a, in a gene. And there were, yeah, there were a load of people that are commenting being like, this is really dangerous. How dare you do that? And then there are people being like, no, it's not dangerous. That's old news. It's not true. I've just like stepped back from this being like, Penny's fine. And I just, the fights, the fights in the comments. Oh, and finally, please do make sure that you are subscribed because it helps our podcast more than you will ever know. So in today's episode, we're talking about the aftermath. What happened after Penny Wu was born? I've also realised that we haven't focused on the fact that I said that you had pruny toes and then we talked about your feet and then you briefly mentioned that you've been in the bath for 40 minutes. But why were you in the bath for so long, Tris? Because I was freezing cold. So I spent my entire day... Uh, outside at work at your new job my new job it's a sunday as well by the way so i'm working on a sunday Mm. such is the nature of life in sport um but yeah i was at work at harlequins women versus worcester warriors women at the stoop 
check you out. I know. Was working that running the comms there, so that was good fun. Um, You've had a little bit of a um, rocky week, though, haven't you? Oh, God, yeah. So it was my first week of work, okay? And I was really excited, and Monday was great. Like, you know, just everything I wanted it to be. Um, And then I got a little bit unwell during the week, so Mm. I had, like, some tummy issues. I won't go too much detail. (laughs) Um, And it got to a point where I had a game on Thursday, so we were, like, an evening game. And um, I won't bore you with the details, but I had to take a modium. Yeah, but you didn't just take a modium, did well, you? Well, that's what I was going to say. What goes hand in hand? If you if you're out one end, you might be feeling sick. So I was like, right, I'll take an anti sickness. <sighs> I can only describe it as putting an elastic band round the exit and an elastic band round the entrance. <laughs> just... There is nowhere for anything that needs <laughs> to escape to escape. Now, yes, that is the obvious, but it's also gas. <laughs> Gas! My God. You know Violet Beauregard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In um, China. China. My (laughs) God, I felt like her. I ballooned something special. You said you looked about six months pregnant, didn't you? I did. I felt massive. And like, I was in like agony. Like absolute agony. I was so bloated. Gas pain is incredibly painful. Well, imagine gas pain, right? But your ability to get it out through one end is inhibited because you've taken a modium and literally your entire intestine has gone, nope, we're closed today. <laughs> and then the other end is obviously burping, but because you had anti-sickness, it's harder to burp. So I was like stuck <laughs> and I was sat there during this game. It was freezing cold and I'm there. It's a really good game, by the way. I was, you know, great, great rugby. Great rugby. Great week at work. Yeah. But this was probably the lowest point I've had for a long time. I'm there and I'm in absolute agony. And I get... I. Oh. I described it to you like it's, it felt a little bit like a, what I imagine contractions. Obviously, nowhere near as bad, but like would be like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I would have like waves. Where I'm like, okay, I'm right now, and then all of a sudden I was like almost bent double. Um, I had a fizzy drink, so it just made it worse. <laughs> I can't put it into words. I've never been this bloated in my life. <laughs> I think the anti sickness is stopping me from. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know why I find this so funny. <laughs> And the emodium is preventing the other end. <laughs> I can't put it into words. Oh I'm, my god, it was I'm trying. awful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I so, do feel so sorry for you. Anyway, I made it through and I was like, thank Christ for that. You had some relief in the car journey home, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I didn't. It was on the phone to you. Yeah. And you know, like a fart that comes out and it's quite like a gentle one. Like these were like brutal. They were built up gas. <laughs> it sounded like I was in them. pain. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> and I would be like, oh. I was just so supportive of you because like I knew you were in pain. So I wasn't laughing. So you'd be telling me about your day. And you'd be like, yes, it was really good. Like, And then we scored this trap. <laughs> and you were like, I'm sorry. And I was like, it's okay, baby. Go on, keep them coming. Let them come out. And you'd see it was on, so they were hot. Oh. I'm crying my mascara off. I really hope this is funny for other people who are listening. Well, I, I got to the end of my drive, okay? And I've got home. I've made it through my day. Thank goodness. I get out of the car. It's cold. It's crisp. It's mm. silent. It's a lovely wa- autumn? Autumn, <laughs> winter evening. Autumn should be a autumn thing. Autumn evening. And I'm sure as many people do, we have a ring doorbell. Yeah, we do. So I get to the door, I put my keys in, and I feel a rumble. In the jungle. In the jungle that is my stomach. I think, oh God, it's a big one coming. <laughs> and we've got footage of our doorbell. I look left. I look right. You look at the camera. I look at the camera, <laughs> pause, and let out the most almighty... <laughs> Fart. Yeah, that's that's the word. It was someone else. You described it as ricocheting round the close. I, I heard the glass panes almost shatter in our neighbours' houses. Like and, and at the time, like I didn't like crack a smile or laugh or anything. So I come in, I realise that the ring doorbell's caught this, and I'm like, oh for God's sake. Like either Miranda's upstairs and she's seen me come home, so she's watched me on the doorbell. I hadn't though. I hadn't. You didn't need to be honest. Or She's going to watch it back tomorrow. So I come upstairs and you were asleep. And I kind of went, hey. And you were, you woke up, hello. And Baby, we you okay? How's yeah. your tummy? I was like, oh, I'm okay. And I said, but the funniest thing just happened. Oh. So you were like kind of 
bleary-eyed, like, uh, waking up. So I got my phone out and I found the footage and we were absolutely <gasps> howling at like uh. two in the morning. It was just, oh. It was great. I did ask Tris if we could play the audio. I know that's what everyone's waiting for, but he said, please, for the one shred of dignity yeah. that I have left, can we not? So maybe in a couple of years. Hey, hey, if Test You Baby ever takes off, do you deal? Do you hereby swear? Yeah, yeah. If, if, we, if we reach, let's go half a million monthly and I'll be happy. That's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's why I said it. No, Anyway, back to Penster and what happened after she was born. Um, so Penny was given to Tris to cuddle. You did a little bit of skin to skin, which is really beautiful. It was really lovely. Yeah. Although it was quite sad because at that point you had your stitches done, right? Yes. So I was given Penny and had some daddy Penny time, which was lovely, by the way. She did poo in the towel that she had wrapped around her when I was holding her. <laughs> I don't remember yeah, that. You were, you were not with it. No. But I had her and of course it's a medical room, like we said last episode, all the lights were off and it was really lovely. And then you had your... Epidural. And the lights came on and they went back off again. And obviously for your episiotomy stitching, they had to have the lights on and they brought another light in as well. So it was really bright in this room. And poor Penny's there in my arms, leaning back, looking up and is like blinded by these... <laughs> she's never seen light before. She's like, wants to look at it because it's like... A oh. but she's Yeah, <laughs> lamp. But she's also there like... This is just the most painful thing I've ever experienced. So she's not happy. So I'm like having to like cover her eyes with my hand. And I'm just chatting to her. Yeah, you are. Just There's telling really her how great she is footage. and how much I love her. Isn't the footage of you like shielding her eyes from the light? It's really Just chatting sweet. to her. And she's there like... She's like so yeah, I had my legs up in stirrups, done my stitches. Um, for anybody who is waiting to give birth and is nervous about this, honestly, don't remember much of it at all. Uh, so I don't think it was a particularly painful experience, especially if you've obviously had an epidural. Plus, if you've just given birth, it's just not on your radar. Like, come on, there are bigger things, bigger fish to fry. Um, so yeah, I just want to pass that on to you. Please don't worry about it too much because it really wasn't terrible at all. In fact, like I said, I don't remember it happening. Now, what I do remember is my vagina post-birth and my vulva area. Do you know, when I talk about my vagina and stuff, I remember that there are certain people that I work with that listen to this podcast and I just think like, oh God. My new boss? Yeah, oh, oh no. Oh God, he's about the farting situation. <laughs> oh Christ, he was next to me on that night. <laughs> no, but at least he knows you weren't farting next to him. You oh, were blocked. There was, there was there a was, cork. Couldn't there was a have been stopper. less happening. Yeah, exactly. He was safe. But yeah, I do think about these things. Anyway, for anyone who is listening that knows me personally, I do apologise. But anyway, what happened was, I got these, so I obviously had my episiotomy, so that was one specific cut. I had a sort of two other natural tears, which weren't big at all. They were little ones that had like one, maybe two stitches in each. So it was fine. But what I also had was loads of little, and I think they're called fissures, which is almost like a separation of like layers of skin, like like a like grazing or paper cuts. And I had these like quite a few all over me and they were so painful. And I don't know what caused them. So I would love to know if anyone had a similar experience or we've got any midwives listening or anybody that's medically trained that can have an explanation for this. What on earth caused that? Because for for the, I would say, 10 days post Penny's birth, actually, my stitches weren't bothering me. They were a little bit painful. And I was kind of, you know, I was swollen and stuff, but it was absolutely bearable. What was agony was like the Fisher cuts, whatever they're called, you know, that were all over my skin. So I have no idea. I, I got prescribed a cream, which helped. So again, if you're in a similar boat and you want to know what the cream is, hit me up in my DMs and be like, I need to know the cream and I'll reply to you. Um, but yeah, I don't know what caused that, but that was painful. My mum was really kind. She ordered me a piles cushion, which if you haven't seen them, is a cushion that looks like a donut and you sit on it and it allows you to sort of like not squish on that sensitive area. And if you're struggling with stitches or in the future you are, I would 100% recommend it. I'm quite emotionally attached to my piles cushion. It looks like a giant polo. Like, you know, the, yes. the mints, right? That is, bar the word polo on it, which would be a little bit weird. Like, that is exactly what it looks like. And there are photos of, like, us with our faces through it. Not when you're <laughs> sitting on it, obviously. But, like, it was the delirious time that was postpartum. is just full of random photos on our phones of us doing stupid shit. We should find that. We should share that on... Um, the Piles Cushion photo. Yeah, let's do it on Test You Baby Pod's Instagram. Make sure you're following us. We've actually had a massive... Well, I say massive. <laughs> use that term loosely. We've had a little influx in followers recently. So, if you're new, thank you so much. Um, So, yeah, back in hospital. I was using a peri bottle um, when I had originally started using that. <laughs> I was like, what's that about Nando's sauce? I was like... <laughs> Do not what? put Nando's sauce on your vulva post bath. No, this is one of those. Ever? 
Yeah, or ever. Oh, should I tell the story of when I when I did that thing in the porcelain? Yeah, please do. Oh, okay. That's a hell of an intro to a story. Yeah. So years and years and years ago, I went to a music festival with my friends, had a great time. It was wonderful. Anyway, it was towards the end of the festival. And you know when you go in those portaloos, and my God, they are disgusting. And at this point, you're a little bit disgusting too. You've not showered for a while. You've probably not brushed your teeth. You're chewing gum instead, using baby wipes. And there is no loo roll left. And me, in my merry state, and to be fair, I spent most of that festival not even drinking that much, but I'll have had a couple of Smirnoff ices, maybe a cider or two. Um, and I went to the loo with my friend and we both went in the portaloo together just for, like for moral support, which again is quite impressive because I don't know how we fit because they are snug, but we did. And me, in my foolish, foolish state, once I'd finished going to the loo, thought, oh my God, I've had a stroke of genius. There's no loo roll. So instead, I'm going to use the hand sanitizer because every portaloo comes with dispensable hand sanitizer. So I got some in my hand and I was like, this is great. It's going to get rid of all the bacteria. And I lightly dabbed it on my vagina. And the sensation of 1,000 tiny knives that then penetrated my badge that followed afterwards. Oh my God, was it painful. It stung like hell. And I was there hopping up and down this portal. Like, my vagina's on fire. I'm in so much pain. It was very clean because it had been sterilised. But my goodness, I would not recommend that. And I would imagine that's what it feels like if you put Nando's spicy sauce on your vagina too. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Now, we were actually in hospital for quite a few days after Penny's birth. I think we, so we gave birth to her early morning on the Wednesday and we only got discharged Friday afternoon. And that is because Penny Wu, bless her little consocks, was jaundice. If you don't know what this is, I will get a definition up for you. So jaundice is when your skin or the whites of your eyes, they turn yellow and it can be a sign of something serious such as liver disease. Um, so you might need to get urgent medical help. In newborn babies, I would say it's semi-common. Obviously, it's still something that needs to be looked at and it's important to make sure that, you know, the little person is recovering. But, you know, it's it's not unheard of. A lot of babies get it. Yeah. yeah. It's more common in newborn babies because babies have a high number of red blood cells in their blood, which are broken down and replaced frequently. And a newborn's a baby's liver is not fully developed, so it's sort of less effective at removing the... I'm going to try and pronounce this word now. Bilirubin? Bilirubin. Bilirubin from the blood. There he goes. Tristan Hall swoops in yet again. You're so good at this kind of thing. And so a lot of babies are put under the UV lights, which basically looks like they're on a sunbed because they have, <laughs> they wear their little sunglasses and they're put under the blue lights. And luckily for us, 
Penny never got bad enough to need that. But there's something called like the jaundice lights. They do a heel prick and they take the baby's blood. They put it in a special machine, and that machine then gives them a number. And I, I, I don't want to like butcher it or anything, but let's say the number is five mm. that you need to be in the jaundice machine. I don't know what it is under the lights. <laughs> Penny was like a, a, a three or a four, so she was close yeah. to it. Um, but they were like, we think we can get her going without needing to put under a pair under this. And the main thing they said is she needs to drink. Yeah, they were need, like she needs to flush it out of her in layman's terms that's what they were saying to us so they were like this gal needs to keep drinking keep drinking keep weeing flush whatever it is out of her get a liver going you know whatever um, and then that will make her better and at this point we have started giving her colostrum oh. now this is the colostrum we collected in the weeks before she was born and it basically involved Miranda, I think we said it in an episode before, massaging her boobs um, and getting that good stuff out and colostrum is just that this really rich Creamy, creamy golden yeah it's really it's weird so yellow but you got a load of it out and now it was it was enough but we, we filled up little syringes and i think we worked through them in about an hour yeah so penny hadn't had anything to drink at this point and we were struggling a little bit with breastfeeding weren't yeah we? we were like she just couldn't quite get her latch right could she now she didn't have a tongue tie or anything like that but yeah she was struggling and i've actually been going back through my photos to jog my memory of this time and i have got a picture of her asleep on my boob and that was a recurring theme that kept happening she kept falling asleep during the feed so I think it was almost like a little bit of a kind of vicious cycle you know I pop her on my boob to get her to drink but she'd find it really soothing and she'd fall asleep so then she wouldn't drink and then she wasn't flushing through her system so they, they would say things some of the midwives were like oh you know just shake her just like give her a little like not a hit obviously but you know give her a little tap go on wake up wake up baby and I was like this is my child she wasn't waking up though no she wasn't and I, I don't please again don't quote me but i think jaundice can make babies a little bit more tired anyway so again this vicious cycle she had to drink to get rid of the jaundice but because she was jaundiced she kept falling asleep so she wouldn't finish her feed and this just went round and round and round and sometimes we did get a latch and it was good and she would feed for maybe like i don't know five minutes and they said if it's anything more than five minutes the nhs counts that as a feed five to thirty minutes whatever and i remember we would put a timer on and it, i'd be like what time are we at what time are we at and you'd be like two and a half minutes and i'm like penny stay on penny stay on what time we up three minutes and then she'd come off and it wouldn't count as a feed and it's my I it's not a criticism because obviously the midwives were incredible and they're so stretched but it was the one downside of the whole postpartum experience is that the inconsistency with care and like the lack of help that we had in the breastfeeding department was huge that's not midwives fault that's no. the underfunding isn't yeah, it isn't that's it? like a lack of midwives and it, it, it you know what on labor ward I don't think we really noticed it because we had Sophie and we had Laura who were amazing. It was in that like aftermath bit where we were in postnatal and it just felt like you'd see someone once or twice during their shift yeah. and then they'd see you the second time or you'd catch them and you'd be like, oh, can I have some? Yeah, I'll just go over and do breastfeeding help in a bit. An hour or two would pass and you go find someone, oh, she's off shift now. Yeah. And it became, it, and obviously this is nothing against the NHS or the midwives. They were all phenomenal but they were just so the stretch Busy. so thin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. stretch so thin and you're so right like we were desperate to well i say we were desperate to breastfeed we wanted to breastfeed i have nothing against formula and actually we'll tell you more about this journey um but like i wanted to give it a go and i was willing to give it a go but there was there was nobody there to help us i think there was one midwife um who actually sat down with us and properly like helped with the latch and got penny on and we said okay great like she's had a feed let's say she'd been on for like 10 15 minutes and this um midwife said to us come and get me in three hours time when she's due her next feed and i'll help you again and then we like never saw that woman and this is just just what happened over and over the next few days and eventually um, we took advice which I 100% stand by it was the right decision but from a midwife that we had a sort of much uh, much stronger relationship with someone that we'd, we'd known for longer and she said just give us some formula because when babies are born again I'm going to butcher this but I think there's a lot of stuff that can kind of collect in their stomach um, and she was like if you give her some formula it allows her tummy to kind of fill up for their, her to then throw up to empty her stomach to then want to drink more milk something like that so I said okay fine and I wasn't even reluctant in this decision I was like yeah please give us some formula like we'll, we'll try anything I just want my baby to be fed because this was easily I don't know like getting into 24 hours now oh and the rest yeah so Penny is born on the 8th. We wanted to try and leave 
in the evening of the 8th. And they were like, yeah, no reason why you couldn't do that if everything goes all right. One evening passed and nothing. A second evening passed. We went home on the afternoon evening of the 10th. Yeah, I think so. So like a couple of days in hospital. And I think that obviously for us, like we're saying it's a few days because I think it felt like a lot longer than it was because it was this never ending circle of getting one good feed and then a bad feed or getting a three minute feed and then you can't try again for a bit because she's fallen asleep. Like yeah, it became yeah. really frustrating. And we were just in this booth as well. We were in one of those booths um, where you have like a blue curtain that creates the a, walls. A, a cubicle. Cubicle, that's right. And I think there was, was there six or was there eight of them in this room? There was quite uh, a few. Eight. Was there eight? So there was eight of them in this room. So we had this tiny little space that we were in. And it was literally, your bed that you were in yep. and I reckon about a foot one side and about a foot and a half two feet the other side yes. and they spent because obviously you're in postnatal so a lot of it is like baby sleeping quiet time so the curtains are pretty much closed the entire time and I ended up like getting quite claustrophobic I think you did as well like all you're looking at is just this blue wall at the end of the room and yes. you're so tired you've been through such an experience that you just want to relax and chill and you're just stuck in this blue hell well no come on it wasn't hell but it was it was very claustrophobic yeah. although i wasn't i wasn't hell with my favorite people so that was nice and they would retest penny's heel prick every now and then and we had one heel prick and it was bad and then another prick and it was bad and then i think the third one they did and it was still bad and they were like you kind of reaching a crossroads now and i think that was overnight either late on the ninth or early on the 10th so eventually, at this crossroads, we came to the decision that we just wanted to bring Penny Wu home and make sure that she was okay. So we were like, right, let's do it. Let's do some formula. Um, so she had some formula and she took it all straight away, didn't she? She did She did fantastically. Chopped the whole thing. Chopped the whole thing. We had simultaneously been trying breast pumps and pumping milk. My, you know, I think when you're... This is your first baby that you've delivered at full term. Your milk just takes a little while to come in. So it was going to be a couple of days anyway. I'd love to know how people manage it, actually. Because if your milk doesn't come in straight away, which mine didn't, it took it took about two and a half, three days for it to, to fully land. How are you meant to feed your baby for the first few days? Is that why wet nurses Formula? exist? No, but like back a day. Oh, I don't know. Cow's milk? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. We must say, actually, that Tris was with me for the whole of this, weren't you? We were so, so lucky. For some reason, our hospital had a policy in place at that time. And it actually ended about two or three weeks post Penny's birth. But it had a policy that partners were allowed to stay with the baby and with their, you know, their wives or whatever after birth i wonder if maybe because i know it got introduced during covid times it was to potentially like ease the workload of the poor midwives because you being there actually helped so much like i needed water tris went and got water like i needed to change penny's bed sheets because she'd thrown up over them tris went and got them you actually got really good and you were really familiar with the postnatal ward you knew where things were like you, yep. you you could direct me i was like tris like i want to make a cup of tea where do i go and you're like right head down that way turn right then the next right and then you had the kettle like you were part of the furniture by the end of it um but yeah i feel so lucky because after penny was born you know my hormones came in well my hormones dropped and I, I i had a couple of really low moments i was so lethargic still from having that diamorphine like i felt so out of it the first 24 hours of penny's life to be honest i can barely remember them had tris not been there I just don't know how I would have coped. I wish that was something that they could implement across all hospitals, that you could have someone that you know that can help you with you. Because it makes life easier for the midwives, but it also makes it so much nicer and less stressful for the person that's given birth. But I think one of the big reasons why they don't do that is space. Yeah. Because having been that spare person in that room, in that cubicle, it is tight. Yeah. And I think that... You know, obviously there needs to be access to both sides of the bed. You know, people around you know, each side. It's why a lot of birthing centres do have like other rooms or they have bigger areas or you know, people have private rooms and they were private rooms in our hospital. But we didn't get any and I think quite a few of them were empty. I wonder yeah, why that they were. was. Now I wonder if it's like space, it's easier to have everyone in, in one place. Yeah. Um, but like it, it, it was, yeah, I mean, I, I think anyone who stayed in a hospital will understand it's not a particularly pleasant experience. And you weren't allowed to lie on my bed, do you no. remember? You weren't allowed. So Tris basically for these, you know, two, three days that we were in hospital afterwards, was sat upright in a chair, sleeping in the chair, sitting in the chair, just constantly in this chair. And your original chair was very, very uncomfortable. One of our midwives who had been there during the birth of Penny actually came and chatted to us on like day 1.5 or something. And I lamented to her the fact that like Tris couldn't sleep in this chair and you had a really really bad back because I'd 
basically hurt you during the yeah. epidural squeezing your arms and things um and you've been crouched on the floor and she said okay bear with me one moment and she brought in for us a much bigger much more comfortable chair which she then swapped out for your other one so thank god for her she was amazing i remember i burst into tears i was yeah. like thank you so much because i was hormonal and i just felt awful for tris because i knew that he was in pain um but there was one time where i was like look I- i'm fine i'll sit on the chair you just lie in the bed and a midwife clocked it straight away i was like you can't lie there can you get off please so yeah, you also weren't allowed to take your shoes off. Tris had sores on his feet. Those be- those beautiful, sexy feet we were talking about yeah. at the beginning of the episode. They had sores on them because you had to wear socks and trainers the entire time. That was the, I think for me, the back was unpleasant. The sleeping situation was unpleasant, but you know, I had a pillow. I managed to kind of lean my head on the bed you were in. So I, yeah. I, I worked it out, right? But the shoes thing, you know when you wear socks for a long time and you take them off and you're like, oh, that's nice. Yes. Imagine that, but put shoes on as well. And like, I didn't change my socks or shoes for a, for ages. And like, I'd take them off and, and like the matron woman would come around and, and get angry with me. <laughs> um, and, and I think you get away with it if you're wearing sliders. Yeah. But I didn't have sliders with me. That is the biggest piece of advice I would give any dad. I was like, I would say that if you are going to hospital and staying bring sliders yeah. because they count as shoes, right? So if you're lying there in the bed and you want to just flex your feet upwards a little bit, the slider will kind of slip off your heel and it's nice yeah. and aired. Wearing like trainers that are tight, laced up to your feet for three, four days actually, because I arrived on the morning of the 7th and took them off on the evening of the... 10th yeah so just under four days oh my god that is so long did they smell really bad i think they got past the point of smelling <laughs> like i don't think that i think that you I and t- your socks and shoes were just one yeah i like peeled off half my foot it was oh uh, i'd say i'd give the same advice actually to anyone that's given birth as well because i packed ugg boots i was like this is genius ugg boots is so warm and comfy but to put ugg boots on you have to bend down to kind of hook them over your foot sliders the clue is in the name you can just slide them on we were also sneaking you food that was the other thing it was funny wasn't it like you were allowed to stay but you weren't allowed to sleep you weren't allowed to take your shoes off and you weren't allowed to eat i wasn't so, allowed to leave to go and get food yeah it was such a strange so situation. being there for three days it was a little bit like so why am i here like, that's what? why we brought all the snacks and tell you what they made the biggest difference like mm-hmm. although having seen you throw up an it soup pot i didn't really want to eat one of those but well, so what you had I curry eat? pot noodles. Yeah, we had Tesco Christmas pretzels, which yeah. were so they were great, salty things. We had porridge pots. Yeah, those were really good. Um, cereal bars, the little squeezy squash things. Yeah. I would so recommend those because obviously you need to stay hydrated, and water can get a little bit boring. So it was kind of fun. We had um, we had a mango and. Passion, passion fruit. fruit we had a black currant and we had an orange or something and we would like switch it up each time and those are the little things right that obviously you've you got to buy them but it takes no effort whatsoever yeah they're so small chuck them in a hospital bag and even that little morale boost to get through something is like oh what squash are we gonna have like yeah. vary up your day a little bit and what we would do is like i would be able to order food because obviously i was gonna say an inmate i wasn't an inmate i was a patient felt like it <laughs> but you know i was i was in hospital i was i got to order what i wanted and like you can like do little like additional things like add-ons can't you so it would be like soup do you want bread i'm like yes two extra rolls please like for breakfast what would you like porridge and fruit and a yogurt and then i was just like sneaking things to tris that i didn't have they have to be able to to feed people who would take in like Three, four thousand calories a day. Yeah. People who are, you know, have a higher metabolic rate or people who just eat more. And so little old you, you know, having your three meals a day, pimp that shit out. Give me that bread roll. Pimp that. Give me I mean, oh, we had like two desserts sometimes. Yeah, it was great. Really went for it. We also did order a scrambled egg. I don't know if you follow me oh my God. on Instagram, but we did order the scrambled egg. I would not recommend that. It was like I don't even know if it was like powdered egg that had then been microwaved, but it was underneath one of those plastic covers to keep it warm. So all that sweaty heat from the eggs was just trapped. That moisture was trapped within that plastic cover. And Winteris finally took the top off to like dig into his scrambled eggs. It was floating in a sea of now like lukewarm eggy oh. water. Oh, it was foul. So you had this really serene image of me there with your newborn daughter breastfeeding. And you like were filming this and then you panned down to this pool of rotten egg on this plate in front of you. Quite the contrast. It was like like pale as well. It looked like anemic egg. It was yeah. Oh my god, it was just Oh. anyway look we have mowed and mowed and mowed and that is not what we're about the point is that 
over time with formula and when my milk eventually came in we were given the go ahead and we were allowed to go home and my god were we grateful to go home and if I have the immense privilege of being able to give birth again I will do everything within my power so that I do not have to stay in the hospital afterwards I'm sure other people have better experiences and it's nobody's fault it was just literally understaffed and a really stressful time but it wasn't very enjoyable for us now having moaned about that experience for a while let's talk about something exciting which was taking penny home oh the little squid back to winchester because that's where we lived it was so weird like going down to the car now, i've not been to the car bear in mind for like four days remembering like we said in the last episode that conversation we had about the next time we we're in here we'll yes. have squidge going getting her car seat Aww. bringing it back up i think we had a change of clothes in the car for you so you got changed and do you remember uh, that she was too big for her car seat yeah we had to take the little inset bit out because she's Cause such she's a chunky monkey chunky monkey and we put her in and brought her down. We've got photos of us leaving, loads of oh, photos of us leaving. We should share some of these, shouldn't yeah. we? Test you baby pod on Instagram. And then I wanted a photo of me carrying the carrier because that's a, like an iconic dad photo, yes. carrying the carrier. You drove so slowly oh, home. Oh my God. I've never been so nervous in my life driving anyone. Like I've, I've driven some people that I should be nervous about driving. And Penny is up. The Penny day one is like up there because... You know, this is the most precious thing you've ever seen. Any driver on the road who's being an idiot, you're like, you bastard, what are Get you doing? Get my daughter! <laughs> so, like, daddy instincts, like, kicked in. But we made it. We yeah. got home, and we took her into our house, and we just went, ah. <sighs> <sighs> And the breastfeeding drama, it continued. Um, Tristan's sister, Charlie, used to be a midwife and she was amazing. She really helped us. I remember calling her at like half nine at night. Um, and when she answered the phone, she already had a little toy teddy bear with her ready to demonstrate because she knew she was like, ah, a 9 p.m. call from Miranda. That only means one thing. She needs breastfeeding advice. And she really was so supportive and wonderful. So yeah, we, we plowed on and we did it, didn't we? Very early on, we got into a routine of giving Penny one for formula bottle um before she went to bed and then the rest would just be boob and that's just how we did it and it was lovely for you because you got to feed her which was a really nice experience it was nice for me because I got a little bit of a break and we tended to find that she just I don't know I think I don't this is like an actual thing I think it's just a penny thing she just slept better at night time with a formula filled tum tum she would still wake in the night we would have like maybe two weeks afterwards and I'd boob her then um but it got her off to sleep at least there'd be the odd time where we'd put her to bed at let's say 8 p.m having had her big bottle and then we'd wake up and it would be four or five a.m we'd be like <gasps> and you check her and she's just asleep and you're like oh my god we have to stay quiet like we would wake up and we'd be like are we gonna feed her your boobs were exploding oh they used to leak everywhere I, re I remember so distinctly the first time that my milk came in and i just woke up in this damp patch and i was like what's happened and i went to bed and i turned to myself and i had just like saturated through my pregnancy pillow which i was still using like pools and pools of milk i was like well i guess my milk has now finally come in they were rock hard so veiny like they my were, nipples were huge they were impressive didn't i actually i squirted penny in the face quite a few times like oh, it, it, i have such respect for people that a exclusively best breastfeed but people that c carry on because we stopped at around six months mm. and we we got into a habit like we combi fed penny with formula and breast milk from really early on and it, it suited us so great and it means that like you know she was always great taking a bottle so we were quite lucky um but by the time we got to six months she already had quite a few teeth and i wasn't enjoying it anymore and she was reluctant to have boob anyway like she kind of converted to bottle um but people that carry on and do the whole process and the rigmarole of like your boobs filling up and then leaking and the pads and having to change the pads or using ones that you wash and oh my god it's it's like a full-time job breastfeeding it is hard work so yeah well done you if you've done it. I was actually going through photos again, like I said, to jog my memory. And I found this one of me and you on FaceTime. I'm in the car with Penny looking after her. And you're in Tesco buying us a massive box of Krispy Kremes. Do you, do you look at it? Do you I remember do that? I do remember that. Yeah. That was in like the, the, the immediate aftermath, wasn't it? Uh -huh. That was like a few days in. Yeah. I'm on paternity leave. It's just like a big holiday and with yeah. my two best friends. A happy little bubble of oh, newborn. It was great. It like, was so cute. I think that, that period of time after we got home, found our feet a little bit your mum was staying which was great and then she she went away and it was just the three of us and genuinely like those moments where like it was the three of us and we would sit there on a bed and we're like we've done it 
Yeah, She's oh my here. gosh, we did it. Oh, we some of the happiest moments. Yes, of course. Well. I mean, I, oh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. Well, we recommend registering your child, obviously. Um, but we registered her six days after her birth and we decided to walk to the registry office, which was up a partial hill and was probably... A partial hill? Well, it was quite a big hill, wasn't it? That hill in Winchester is so steep. Having yeah. driven up it, it's the sort of thing you go up in like first, second gear. Is it? <laughs> Don't know, drive an automatic. Yeah, true, that's the drawing problem. But this was six days later later and I, I remember being in pain with that and I was trying to like put on a brave face with you but ho, 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 ho. you smashed it though I did smash it and it was really nice and the woman that we registered Penny with was really lovely I'm like oh Penelope Harper Elizabeth what a wonderful name we're like thanks we chose it ourselves so yeah and it was at Christmas time because you know it was a lead up to Christmas you had your birthday the Christmas tree you know, the lights were on the winter the white company candle was burning like it was just really special I also found a photograph that I took of my bedside table in the immediate aftermath of Penny's birth uh, and it's just really funny to look at because on there I have got bags of oat cookies that I'd made in preparation I've got a half-eaten packet of hula hoops I've got an empty bottle that I can no longer use I've got a heat patch for my boobs I've got paracetamol my water bottle like it's just absolute chaos because you kind of live in your bed don't you whilst you were chaotic in your bedside table I was being militant in my attitude towards breastfeeding like impressively so towards <laughs> end of sentence you were militant to your attitude towards breastfeeding sorry breast pumping there you go not my own <laughs> i want to add that miranda's breasts and i wasn't pumping them the lv was <laughs> let's just drop that in because that was a gift from lv yes, the breast pump which was. was incredible oh yeah i really like the lv because it slots into your bra and you could walk around with it it doesn't connect to anything. You charge it and then you're good to go. And it's actually very quiet. It doesn't do the... It goes... It went like... And you see the little drops of milk going down. Oh, yeah. This is so weird because I haven't breastfed for a yeah, while. Like, oh, my God. It's all consuming. And so we had to have all of it sterilised. And the LB is brilliant, but there are a lot of parts involved. Mm. That's what i most breastfeeding things. So you've got the catching thing. You've got a little top for it you've got the little nozzle that then collects to the LV itself you've, you've then got the got nipple cupping thing the nipple cupping things yeah oh my god it you have sucks you've th- then got another little bit of plastic that goes into that that allows it to seal you've then got the the, the the machine that does it you've then got lids um, and there's there's so many bits to it and then we had like containers for milk so there was a lot going on um, and so I spent like an hour and a half washing it all sterilising it all and lying it out beautifully I felt like you know when military people <laughs> fucking hell my poor my ancestors turning in their grave at me calling soldiers and, and military people just military people um <laughs> military people uh how they have to organize stuff so like, they have their inspections and they have like their toothbrush laid out yeah their boots perfectly polished that was me and i was like saluting to you madam breastfeeder coming down and i was like Ready for service. Inspection. Yeah, and you'd go... You know what? You came into your own. You were so great because my head was gone. I was tired and I was like, obviously, just not with it. And Trish was like, Miranda, this is how you dismantle your breast pump. This is how you put it back together. This is how you sterilise it. You did everything so that I didn't have to. So thank you. You were amazing. We did originally start off by using these um, sterilising bags but they would get caught in the microwave oh, and fuck. melt. Yes. And, and once in one of my tired, bleary, hazy <laughs> moments, I put them in the bag, all these bits of LV part, really, really expensive, expensive. <laughs> jinx, in the microwave with no water. So it, pr- it produced no steam. So they melted. Into one big blob of LV. Oh, that was tragic. That was so, an expensive yeah, mistake, wasn't it? It was so expensive. So what I would say instead is get an actual sterilizer, like one that you put water in properly, not the little bags that get stuck. Well, the the little bags work, but I think the problem was that your little microwave was too small. I thought you were going to say, but your little mind didn't. <laughs> the bags worked, yeah, but your little too. mind didn't. Your little mind, bless you. That was the problem. Yeah. It was the fact that they were getting stuck on the top. So, yeah, I would always be careful and watch it. I mean, like, imagine you're like an animal or a child watching a washing machine. Watch that microwave for the mm-hmm. two minutes of sterilizing because it's two minutes out of your life and just make sure it doesn't get stuck because if it does, you get concentrated. LV plastic. LV plastic. It's not nice. I think when I melted it, I, I might have even burst into tears. I can't remember now. I mean, my emotions were all over the place. My hormones were crazy. I remember when we were still in hospital, I actually had a little bit of a wobble in the middle of the night. Tris was asleep next to me in his chair um, and I was in bed and then Penny was in her little kind of like plastic 
cot thing um, next yeah, to me. They look really uncomfortable, but she yeah, loved it. No, she was very comfortable in there. She was as happy as Larry. Um, but yeah, while she was sleeping, her eyes sort of started like rolling into the back of her head. And I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but if you don't know, I used to have epilepsy. And whenever I see someone's eyes do that, I always freak out and I think they're about to have a seizure. And I had a proper little wobble because I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, I've passed it on to her. Like she's got my epilepsy. I thought it was the beginnings of a fit. It wasn't. Newborns pull funny faces all the time. Like she was absolutely fine. But I was just there like crying in the middle of the night. You were asleep. And this lovely- I woke up. Did you wake up to me crying? Yeah. Oh, well, I think I think we were, <laughs> I think any time where you say that I was asleep in hospital, I wasn't actually was asleep. My eyes were closed <laughs> and I was like just in, and I guess like a paracetamol induced coma. Um, <laughs> and I was quite light sleeping. So I could, I think I kind of realised that you were worried about something because you were looking at her and then you started crying. So I sat up on the bed with you and I think that was yeah, when the midwife came me. in. And she, yeah, and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I think she has epilepsy. And the midwife was like, no, she doesn't. You're okay. And I was like, I'm just, and I was like, I just can't stop crying. And this midwife was like, would you like a cup of tea? Which is just the most British thing ever. And she did. She went and she made me a cup of tea and I sit my little cup of tea in bed and I was all like, Ugh. but it was just so lovely and wholesome. That was one of the nice things actually that happened on the postnatal ward. That was a little highlight. My midnight cup of tea. It's so British, isn't it? Nothing a good cup of tea can't solve, eh? You sound so cute. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, I love you. Well, I think that is it for today. If you like what you heard, the best way to support us is to leave a review. Share with your friends, family, parents, guardians, OnlyFans, feet profiles. <laughs> and don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's hard to say. OnlyFans, feet profiles. Fair play. But yeah, do please get involved. It makes my day so much when I see messages from people or people sharing the episode. So, And it really, really, really does help us. I cannot say it enough, but um, yeah, it, it just means the absolute world. Uh, and next week, we're talking about the fourth trimester, postpartum, and all that it ensued. That doesn't make sense. It's really late on a Sunday night, so I'm just going to wrap this up. Don't forget, you can see our faces over on Instagram. Miranda.Burns. Tristan.Hall and Test Tube Baby Pod. Pod. For podcast. Love you. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.